Live action is great because you finally get to see the Tar Heels in action, but it's ultimately just an intra-squad scrimmage that we shouldn't take too much away from. But, Pat Kilby, what if some of those things actually did come to fruition this season? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea, joined today by our guy, Coach Pat Kilby. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your Tar Heels every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. All right, I've spent all week long advising all the good people, our good friends here. Hey, listen, live action's super fun, but don't read too much into it. Don't get too high, don't get too low, because it's just live action. Guys are going to have good nights. Guys are going to have bad nights. Wait until you see the exhibition game. Wait till November 6th against Radford. Then we can start truly taking things away. But, Pack, that was earlier in the week. This is What If Wednesday. And on What If Wednesday, we get to make wild speculations about what if these kind of things come true. That's what What If Wednesday is all about, right, Pack? That's right. So, friends, if, if you haven't been joining us on our What If Wednesdays, what we got here is a little bowl full of several what-if scenarios. What if these certain things happen? And uh, all of these this week are What If Wednesday live-action edition. These are all what-ifs coming out of what we saw Friday night. So Pac and I are going to talk about some of those. Um, And if you're interested in contributing to these what-ifs in the future, make sure you join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord, where we have great conversation all week long. Pac and I are both very active in there. The links are in the show notes, both on video and audio. If you need help getting logged in, just let one of us know. We'll help you out. Right, Pack? Yes, sir. Okay. Are you ready for our first one of the night? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Shaking the bowl up. Pack Kilby, here we go. What if number one, live action edition? Oh, what if Baycott consistently hits 15 to 18 footers? Pack, let me give a little context to this. We know that Armando Baycott has been working on that shot for a long time, and I'm uh, not expecting him to step out and uh, break the single-season Carolina record for three-pointers made. That's not what we're talking about. But if you saw live-action folks, his his team, like within their first four uh, possessions, there were three in a row where he scored in three different ways. A nice little uh, touch around the rim in some post-action. Uh, offensive rebound and put back. But then that third possession, he stepped out about 15 to 18 feet on the baseline. No hesitation. Nice little jump shot. It looked good, continuing to look better. And that's two more points. Armando Baycott scoring in a variety of ways. So Pat Kilby, what if Armando could do that consistently this year? Well, I think that would be good for us, um, obviously. I mean, for him to hit shots consistently would be great. the first thing that comes to mind is if he's doing that with jump shots, hopefully that means that his free throw percentage is going to keep getting better too. Um, But, you know, just 
it's not something, and you kind of alluded to this just a minute ago, but it's not something we want him to shoot a ton because that's not really what we need from him, or nor is it, you know, his game. Yeah. Um, but if he can face up and hit some stuff from that 15-foot range, that's just more efficiency for our offense. That's right. And um, even makes him even tougher to guard. You know, there's just one more thing you've got to prepare for with him. He can face up. He can back to the basket. He can out-rebound you. <laughs> and so um, there's just – there's a multitude of ways that or things that you have to consider when you're guarding him. And when you add that to the arsenal, that just makes it that much tougher. Oh, yeah. What is there any way in which, like, how does Armando, because his bread is buttered down near the rim, right? Like, he is a traditional big. That's where Carolina needs him. He's really the only one of his ilk on the roster that's doing, well, I take that back, James Aconquo. That'll be his game more, too. Um, and, and I think Jalen Washington can develop some of it. But, like, Pack, what is an appropriate amount for, for Armando to be heading out into those you know, like free throw extended, baseline jumpers, you know, that that kind of thing, um, and kind of getting away from the basket. How much of that is too much? What's the right balance of that? Um, I, You know, I think it largely depends on the defense. Um, so if we're facing a zone, uh, I could see, you know, in particular, and we don't know if they'll run it this year or not, but that Syracuse zone. I don't believe they are. I do not believe they are. I don't think so either, uh, but inevitably we'll see it some. But just that high-low flash that we run, being able to face up at the free-throw line and knock that shot down, um, that's a shot I could see him getting quite a bit against the 2-3 zone. Um, but more so against a man, you know, his back to the basket, he's posted up on the block, and what I call the step-off, you know, he gets a post-entry and he's able to step off the block into that 15-foot mm -hmm. range mm -hmm. and face up and knock that down. In the past, that's been a shot where teams have just said, shoot it. That's a win for us. That means you're not going to lay it off the glass. Um, if he can get where he can hit that consistently, then I think that would be huge. And, you know, I see that, you know, just prove that you can hit it once a game. Yeah. yeah. Once or twice a game early in the season. And then it's got to be something that they respect. So, yeah. Then it's on tape, right? And, and yeah. guys have to start preparing for it. It's almost like, uh, well, one of the things we talked so much about last year was Armando not having space to operate because Carolina couldn't hit threes. Um, but this is a way, like, uh, you know, we we expect them to do much better in that arena this year. But this is a way in which he could actually help create more space for himself. Because as, as you were saying, Pac, if he could step out and hit this, you know, even like if he shot it four times a game and made two of them, then that you have to respect that. And then that itself opens it up for him. And so there's an aspect in which RJ Davis and Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik and the others that are going to be shooting have to be, and like Elliot Cadeau, have to be able to knock threes down to create space for him. But if he can do some of that himself, it's almost like play action in football where you got to both respect Drake May's arm and his ability to run. And that would be the case with Armando. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, just another another tool in the arsenal and yeah. Uh, yeah. makes it much tougher. And, and Pac, you were talking about his free throw percentage. I think that's a critical part of this too. His four years at Carolina so far, he's been 64 and a half, 66.1, 67 even, and 66 and a half percent. 
So right in that 64 to 67% range from the free throw line, uh, as much as he's been working on that shot, I'm with you. I think that's got to make him better from the free throw line. What what would be, I mean, obviously you'd love it to get as high as possible, but what would just be like, man, if Armando could even get to this level, it would be so desirable. I've got a number in my mind, but I'm curious what you think. Um, you know, at minimum, I'd like to see 70%, but if you're asking me just what I would love to see him hit and be there consistently, 75%. Hmm. Um, if he hits three out of every four, as much as he goes to the line, I'll take that. And that's obviously that's a, uh, eight and a half percent jump from last season doesn't sound like much that adds up quick and as much especially as much as he shoots free throws and so uh, to me if he hits that 75 mark that'd be great but I'd take I'd take 70 percent I'm with you I, 70 was that number I was referencing that I had in my head and that's not that far away from where he's been um, last year 66 and a half percent that's just three and a half percentage points higher his junior year 67 percent he can absolutely do that and he's increased his free throw attempts per game each season. His freshman year, 3.9, then 4.4, 5.6. Last year, 6.5 free throws attempted per game. Pack, if he could get up to where he's averaging seven to eight free throw attempts a game this year and hitting seven out of every 10 of them, I mean, that's, that's seven points guaranteed for Carolina game in and game out. You'd love to see that. Well, I, I love this idea of seeing Armando be able to step out and consistently make these shots. I can close my eyes and see Tyler Hansborough doing it. I can see Tyler Zeller and others doing it. Would love Armando to be a face who I see when I close my eyes and watch a big hit that uh, extended long two. Well, we got a couple more What If Wednesday live action editions to get to. We're going to draw our next one out of the bucket in just a second. But first, I need to tell you this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Jace Medical. I don't know about you guys, but my life is so insanely busy that I don't have time to schedule a doctor's appointment, get there and get a prescription. I, like I'm, I've been kind of sick right now. I'm chugging water as we go through the show. Um, I, I need to get to the doctor. I just don't have time. Or perhaps you find yourself like unable to get the prescriptions you need because of storms or shortages, pandemics, supply chain issues, whatever it is. We got to be prepared now more than ever. And everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during unexpected moments just like these. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. That gives me peace of mind on the back end. Don't get caught unprepared, folks. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. That's Jace Medical. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, right now is the best time to get in on the action. 
And beyond all that, the app is so easy to use. You can bet on all sorts of different things like spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. Make sure to go check it out for this weekend's action when Carolina is hosting Virginia. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Speaking of that game coming up this weekend, I want to remind you that on Friday, Locked On College Football Kickoff Live is coming at you 11 a.m. till noon Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page, including the Locked On Tar Heels YouTube page. So if you're a listener, come make sure you check it out live in real time and interact with the show to get ready for all of this weekend's college football action. All right, Pac, let's get to our second What If Wednesday this week. All right, let me pull it out. And it says, Oh, what if we consistently see Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram leading the break? Here's why we came up with this one. There were instances of both of these men leading the break on Friday night at live action. There was, uh, would rip a rebound. There was one uh, where Harrison Ingram did that, led the break. There was another where Cormac Ryan stole an entry pass intended for Armando Baycott. Uh, took it all the way up the court, and I, if I remember correctly, left it off for Jalen Washington to just dunk mm-hmm. it home with authority. And so, obviously, more often than not, and under normal circumstances, you probably want um, Elliot Cadeau or R.J. Davis leading the break, being the guys to to take charge in that. But it seems like, at least from what we saw at live action, that Coach uh, Davis and the staff are trusting both Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram to be part of that endeavor of leading the break. How does that help Carolina? So what if we consistently see Cormac Ryan and Harrison Ingram lead the break? Well, it helps a ton. Um, You know, this is new age basketball. So we're not necessarily familiar with this as Tar Heels because we're used to the Roy Williams two post. Here we go. Uh, We're going to run the second. Get it to Ed, get it to Ty, get it to, yeah. This is modern basketball. So. The fact that we – and this is why we went and got these guys, just to be honest with you, Cormac and Harrison, we can trust them with the ball, uh, particularly Harrison. That's like a point forward. That's right. another right. another point guard on the floor. Um, but, you know, here's the deal. As fast as Cadeau is and as fast as RJ is, if we had them run a dead sprint from baseline to baseline but also had four guys lined up across the court and had them pass that basketball ahead, that basketball is going to beat them in that race. So, to me – it doesn't matter who's running the break as long as their eyes are up the court and they're ready to pitch ahead and put that defense at a disadvantage. And that's exactly what those guys did. And they're obviously they're veterans. They've played this game of college basketball for a while. We can trust them with the ball in their hands to make wise decisions. And so for me, that just means we've got four guys on the court in Cadeau and RJ and Harrison and Ryan Cormack. Or Cormac Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I love Ryan Cormac, man. He's great. <laughs> um, that, you know, that we can trust with the ball that, w- that can get us out in fast break. And like I said, just put the defense at a disadvantage. So I think we consistently do see it. Um, and I, from what I gather from listening to Coach Davis, it's been a real point of emphasis. Get it to the outlet. It doesn't matter who it is. And let's get that ball at the court and let's go. Yeah, I mean, because if, if that is your starting five, Elliot, RJ, Cormac, and Harrison Ingram and Armando Baycott, that means everyone but Armando is trusted to lead the break. And yeah. I mean that 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 ability to not like get a rebound if I'm Harrison, oh crap, I gotta find Elliot or RJ. Where are they? No, I am gone. 
and everyone else is spotting up. That means if Harrison's leading the break, yeah, Armando's going to the block or maybe waiting at the free throw line, whatever. I mean, I want him at the block, so let's just put him there. And then that means you've got Elliot Cormack and RJ all on the wing. I almost like that better in a fast break moment of Harrison being the guy with it because you got three shooters around the rim or around the um, three point line, excuse me, around the arc. Uh, Armando sprinting to the basket, and then Harrison can make all sorts of decisions that are going to force the defense, as you said, to make some very difficult decisions um, that they're not going to want to make and put them at a disadvantage. So, Pack, in, let's let's dream that sort of alignment. Let's say it's Harrison coming up. How would you uh, desire to see the other four guys affixed? Like, if you're drawing up this fast break, Harrison Ingram leading it, where would you want Armando and those three guards around the arc? Well, first, it, uh, let me go ahead and kind of express what I look for in a fast break. There's different schools of thought. So um, a lot of coaches want their guards to get to the middle of the court. And they, you know, their argument might be um, that they, they've got decisions to the left or to the right. They're not limited to a side of the floor. Personally, I like the sideline break. Um, so let's just say we have Harrison coming up the sideline. One of those guards, Cormac, Elliott, um, RJ, needs to be ball side corner. That's a pitch ahead option. Obviously, Baycott posted up on the ball side block because that's where ultimately where we want the ball to go. Yeah. Um, and we want to get paint touches, whether that's through the post or through the dribble attack. But And then the other two guards filling up uh, the slot which is lane line extended and the opposite corner. So you've got plenty of space. You've got a pitch ahead. You've got someone posted up. And then you've also got where you can, you know, reverse the ball and change sides of the floor. Hmm. To me, that's really tough for us to guard. And then we can flow into our offense. You know, if we wanted to do the secondary, you can flow into it right from that right there. Um, You've got your trail big. You've got, you know, a big posted up. You can, run the old Roy Williams traditional back pick and see if we can get the old backside lob like we used to do. Um, You can do a lot of things from it, but ultimately I just like having someone, you know, having your shooters spread out in space around the perimeter and then Armando in there commanding the basketball, which is where we want to play from anyways. Okay. Love all of that. So uh, ultimately, do you think those guys leading the break Friday night is just live action, whatever, or do you think, I mean, because again, we were seeing because we're farther into the practice uh, portion of the, the off season that it was higher level basketball that we saw on Friday night. So do you think that was just, ah, it's live action. I'm going to get this and run. Or do you legitimately think that coach Davis has entrusted both of those guys with uh, running the break when they get a, a rebound? No, I think I definitely think he's entrusted them. Um, not, not just from what we saw, but, um, I've mentioned last week, and I'll mention it again. I listened to him on the podcast or the uh, uh, podcast, the the press, the media day, and uh, he was talking to him, and he said um, that he's given Cormac Ryan the absolute green light, and now he was talking about the shots that he could take. Right, but that in itself tells me all I need to know. He trusts him with the ball, and I think he probably feels the exact same way about Harrison. Um, he didn't mention him in that instance, but just the way they played Friday night and the confidence they have bringing the ball up the court, I, I don't think that that um, Hubert Davis would hesitate for a second to have one of those guys bring the ball up the court. And it's like you mentioned earlier, that just frees Cadeau and RJ and those guys to sprint down the court 
get their hands and feet set and, and be ready to knock one down and make a play off of it. Yeah. Woo! Man, could be lots of electric stuff. We'll obviously see more of this against St. Augs coming up. About just a week and a half is that exhibition game coming next Friday. So that is our second what if for this what if Wednesday, what if, what if Wednesday live action edition. We got one more to get to. Should be a doozy. Can't wait to see what it's going to be. We'll hit that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. All of this is what brings home the winning trophy, and that's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed or power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or you're going to get your money back. I love that. That comfort is so good for me as a driver. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Pat Kilby, we got one more What If Wednesday uh, scenario to get to today. Let me shake up the bowl one last time and see what's coming out. What if, ooh, what if Zayden High does more of what he did at live action? What if Zayden High does more of what he did at live action? Well, first of all, Pat Kilby, I think that means we need to determine what exactly it is that Zayden High did at live action. Let's start there. What did you see from Zayden High on Friday night? Um, production um, and very efficient. He didn't try to go out there and do something that he wasn't. Uh, I thought he played really hard. I thought he was physical. Um, he was in the right spot at the right times. He had good hands and uh, rebounded really well and just finished around the rim. Yeah. You know, he made some nice plays around the rim. And, um, his his effort, his intensity, his rebounding got him some extra buckets. Um, but the thing that stood out the most to me, honestly, was just how stinking hard he played. Um, it was like he wanted to get to be out there and to get after it and to outwork his his teammates or – I guess in that instance, his opponents. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was just, I mean, the dude was a dog on Friday night, and I really enjoyed watching him play. Pack, here's what I've debated in my head so much in the days since then. You know, we've talked about so much, um, you know, take what you see at live action with the grain of salt. It's an intra-squad scrimmage. Um, but w- what I've really debated and, and what I'm curious about from this is, is this a moment where, we think Zayden High might actually figure into things more this year than we imagined. You and I both believe that he's somebody that's going to play, uh, assuming he stays in Chapel Hill, a critical role on Tar Heel teams as early as next year. Uh, neither of us really imagine that he will do too terribly much this season. I think he's going to be a key practice contributor. I think there are things that he did on Friday night that if he can do consistently, like getting to the offensive glass, like poking the ball away from Elliot Cadeau and putting it back up, like making good hard cuts, good decisions with the basketball when it's in his hands. 
that it's going to be impossible for Coach Davis to keep him on the bench. He's going to have to find him minutes to do some of these things that help teams win a game. So is this a moment where we saw something Friday night that maybe is pushing you and I further on Zayden High's role this year than we initially thought? What do you think? Um, that's a tough question. I, You know, I think um, there's a chance, absolutely, that he's going to surprise me um, and, and play a lot more than what I originally thought. Um, I think when I look at his performance, I don't know that his output is going to be repeatable all the time. Mm. Um, you know, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong or you may not know, I think he finished with like 10 points and seven rebounds. I believe that was the number. Yep. I don't have it in front of me, but so, that's my memory. I don't know that every time Zayden steps on the floor, he's going to get 10 points. Okay. But he doesn't, that's what I'm saying is like, it doesn't have to be those things. Like if he's doing some of these intangible things that the box score might not necessarily show, but that, that are the right play at the right time with what the staff is asking him to do. Absolutely. And honestly, it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, If I'm speaking (laughs) truthfully, we've needed that the last couple of years, just somebody that just, doesn't really care about their stat line. Just go out there and play your stinking tail off and and do what the team needs you to do when they need you to do it. And so if he does that, I, I'm with you. I don't see how we keep him off the court um, because we've got dudes that can make plays. We need team dudes, you know, guys that will come in and take a charge, guys that will rebound, guys that will do the the dirty work and, and communicate and scrap and just uh, win 50-50 balls or, you know, whatever it takes. Um, and he seems like he can do that. And the cool thing about those things is those are controllable. And so if he can consistently bring that, which we know he can because that's something he can control, then he's going to help us. He might not always get 10 points and seven rebounds, but if he brings that other stuff consistently, he can flat out help us. Yep. Coach Davis says it all the time, but the way to find your way in the game is to do it in practice. And I mean, if, if, if he, we obviously don't all get to see that it's behind the scenes, but if he's able to continue doing that, then that's, what's going to get coach Davis putting him in the basketball games. And let's be honest, we know, like, think about Puff Johnson coach loves guys like this, that do all of those things that are ultimately winning basketball plays. Now that said, it's, it's not like Zayden's going to be doing these things that this year, get him up to 10, 15 minutes a game. We're talking about things like, you know, I thought he might average two or three minutes a game, and maybe that jumps up to more like four or five. I think that's probably kind of the range of what we would be talking about in terms of him having more of a, a role this year. Is that is that where you would land on the possibilities, Pack? Yeah, um, I could see it going a little higher. I'll, if I'm just being totally candid here, I thought I thought he looked better than Jalen Withers. Really? Now, now that's a one-off. Okay, sure, that's, sure. That's a scrimmage. We're not in practice. We haven't played any games yet. But if I was just going off that scrimmage, I'd take Zayden High 10 out of 10 times over Jalen Withers. So I could see there being potentially more minutes. But like I said, don't everybody just sacrifice me in the comments, okay? I, I it, no, do it at Slay Pack. Let's hear yeah. how dumb you think, Pack. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, on just that one off, I, I – I could see where Zayden Hyatt, he projects better, he's younger, and he played better. So maybe um, they go ahead and go with that and give him those minutes and get him that experience. Um, Now, I don't know, obviously, if that's happening in practice. Probably not. Um, But, I mean, I could see a a scenario where he's somewhere between 8 and 10 if he's bringing that every day. I don't see how you could keep him off the court. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm also the coach in me is kind of a sucker for those things because <laughs> it's it's tough to find that. You know, it really is. It's tough to find that. And if he brings that, then man, those are some some winning qualities that he's bringing to the table. Well, and it's one thing for some, like it, it makes me think of like a Rudy, right? Like the Notre Dame football movie. It's it's one thing for an untalented football player to bring it day in and day out. It's another thing for a really high-level elite basketball player like Zayden High to have that kind of mentality and bring it, right? That combination of tenacity and basketball skill, turning into a basketball IQ and all those other things, man, that puts you in a different level. So the, the hard thing in this day and age with a 20-game conference schedule is Zayden's not going to have too many opportunities to, to prove it in kind of these uh, easier moments. He'll have the exhibition game. He'll have the secret scrimmage. He'll have these first three non-conference games before you get to battle for Atlantis and you get that crazy six-game stretch where that six-game stretch in a row might be Villanova, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, UConn, Florida State, and Kentucky. I don't remember if that's the exact right order of those last four, but like it, that's the thing. Is you just don't get too many opportunities to prove it in this day and age. So we'll have to hopefully see if Zayden can do that right out of the gate. Pack, great stuff. Another What If Wednesday in the books for us. We've only got a couple more before we got actual basketball coming. We're going to be recapping that in just about three weeks. That's hard to believe. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. What If Wednesday live action edition. If you'd like to submit some what ifs for Pack and I to talk about, please do so. Join our Discord. There's a channel in there for listener questions. It's great. We're having all sorts of good conversation. Love it. Come be part of it. You can follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels. You can follow Pack at Coach underscore K23. Follow me at Isaac Shade. If you want to have more in-depth conversation, email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and we'd love to hear your comments on all these what-if scenarios. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be back tomorrow with Coach Rob having a great time talking about that green light and red light for shooters that Pac talked about earlier. Plus, I got a game for us. Should be lots of fun. Yeah, we're playing a game. It's going to be awesome. Until then, though, peace.